heaven we do thank you we bless you we praise you we magnify you thank you lord for all things given to us and we thank you father to open up our hearts our minds our ears to hear receive and then act on your word it's so simple lord but many times we complicate it through lack of knowledge so increase our knowledge today father we all need more I need more. Your people need more. And so we want that increase to come to us as we give ourselves over to hearing your word today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So um, we're going to talk today about doubtful disputations. D-I-S-P-U-T-A-T-I-O-N-S. It's found in Romans chapter 14. And I was um, seeking the Lord as to what to talk about uh today and and uh he kept repeating this phrase to me i said nah, i know i seen that in the word somewhere <laughs> you made me go get in the word get my concordance so uh <clears throat> but it is found in romans chapter 14 and i think what the lord wants us to get established is that this type of disputing that comes to us mentally is part of the world's defense against god's word Amen. And so that is is always going to be a part of the fight of faith. You win when you hold on to God's word. It it sometimes it's not pretty. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it's it's a a, a fight to the death. Sometimes it's a a bloody battle. Sometimes you feel like you're barely hanging on and and you know if if it gets real rough you crawl to the altar and get a word or something like that to keep you hanging on but you want to win amen you don't you don't care what the fight looks like uh, you want to win i remember uh, watching uh, my husband late husband was a, a fight fan and so we would go and uh, there were times when they would have um uh, more or less not really you would call amateur boxers but there's i guess they all have to work their way up to the big championship and so uh, we would go and see uh different people fight and uh sometimes the winner didn't look like he won nothing you know what i'm saying he looked like he was the consolation prize but he endured to the end you got me they would say stuff like well he just hit him with a, with a lucky punch at the night but yeah but he won you understand so that's a win that goes in his column and i think sometimes it's that way with us uh in the things of god you know it's not about how you look either to yourself or to anybody else but it's that you receive the prize you know you receive what god has for you and sometimes it's not it's not what you think it's going to be it never looks like what we want it to look like amen but a victory is a victory and so god wants us to keep our eyes on the prize and that is whatever it is that you're expecting god to do for you expecting him to give you uh however that that desire and that prayer goes uh that's what you want to receive you want to receive what god has for you uh i remember i i remember i used to uh, hear uh, vicky winans give her testimony she was very very uh, sick physically sick for quite some time and she said she would 
feel a little bit better and, and go to church and the saints would tell her, well, you need to get up and do this. She get up and did it all. She said, I was just as sick as I was when I got back to my seat. But eventually God healed her. Amen. She received her healing from the Lord. And so really that's all that's important is that you receive what God has for you. So, you know, sometimes it's not pretty. But there is a fight involved in it that we all have to undertake. And we have to undertake on God's side and allow ourselves to work uh, the word and work our faith in the word and not quit until what we're believing for comes to pass. Uh, never be nonchalant or blasé about, you hear my French, don't you? Ooh la la. Uh, <laughs> I just felt in a French mood today. Do you mind? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, you know, we shouldn't be that way about the word. Never passive about the word. You always want to be strong, aggressive. You want to um, uh, desire the word to come to pass. And I mean really want it to happen. Uh, once you get engaged in believing God, he will test your love and your devotion for him through how you hold on to what he's how do you hold on to his word uh that's that's the whole thing you know adam and eve didn't hold on to god's word and so they were they suffered for it has caused everybody every human born since then to suffer as well so god wants to bring us out of suffering the way he does it is by testing our faith and allowing our faith to manifest its fruit in the earth amen the way he originally intended a man to do that's what he how he wants us to live so romans 14 chapter 1 uh chapter 1 chapter 14 like i said verse 1 chapter then verse chapter then verse okay i got it so 14 verse 1 he says him that is weak in the faith receive in other words uh don't don't be a uh a doorman for the church you got me don't be a judge of other people um it's like he what he paul is saying is receive everybody who names the name of christ and if we could do that for real as believers boy we'd have it made see we could learn how to love people and allow them to grow into the knowledge of god that's really what the church is supposed to be about he said receive them but not to doubtful disputations and what what that that term really refers to is questionings don't receive people and then have questions about them he says in in it also means a decision of scruples and and so what we're doing is we're putting a false judgment sometimes on one another uh we put a false judgment on people because they don't re- re- uh, believe the exact same scriptures we do the way we believe them and all that kind of stuff and so paul said just receive people period don't do it with this overhang of doubt in your mind as to uh whether or not their faith is correct and he says he gives these examples he says he said for one believes that he may eat all things another who is weak eats herbs in other words uh comparing a person who um uh you know the bible says that everything is is profitable 
to be consumed, nothing to be refused, but you have to receive it with thanksgiving and prayer. Amen. And so a person who is strong in faith, according to the writer here, can eat anything. A person of a weaker faith or or has reservations about something, well, you know, I have an allergy and I have this and, you know, I'm this, this, uh, what do they call them now? This, yeah, yeah, them being, yeah, yeah, what, you know, but, but they, sometimes they'll do it for health reasons. They think it's better. And then some people are just grow up in a certain kind of restrictive, um, dietary environment and paul says don't don't argue with those people don't make in other words don't make that an issue amen so he he says and let not him that eats despise him that doesn't eat and let not him which eats not judge him that eateth so you'll have those things where some people think because they don't eat red meat they're better than the people that that eat red meat and all this kind of stuff or i just eat fish and you know, all this kind of stuff. And so it doesn't matter. Like Jesus said, that doesn't really defile you. He said, because if you think about it, it goes in one end and comes out the other one. It just passes right through you. And so it couldn't be that important if it comes out. Do you understand? It doesn't stay in there, in other words. The things that do remain are the things that we hide in our hearts. And he says those are much more important. Those are the things that defile us or make us less defiled. He says, who are you? He said, and and let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth, for God has received him. So whenever you receive Christ, God has received you, and he's Lord of all. So that cancels out all the other judgment that we can put on each other. We can go as far as to say some people speak in tongues and other people don't. Well, we learned not to judge people because they didn't. We just told them, you know, what the benefits of tongues would be. Do you want more power? Amen. Power to do what? To witness. Power to receive answers to prayer. Power, period. Everybody wants more power. And he says, who are you that judges another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. So God is the judge of all things. Yes, he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand. Only God can do that. He said one man esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. And and that's what I want us to get to. These These doubtful disputations or these arguments, mental arguments, keep us from being fully persuaded in our own mind. Now, your mind is very closely related to what winds up being uh, hidden in your heart. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear, what you hear really affects your faith. It affects it to a great deal. And so there are two kingdoms from which we receive information. You receive information from the world around us. Or you receive information from God's kingdom. And these two will conflict with each other. They will clash. They will cause arguments in your mind. Um, You can tell any time you ever sit up and watch something uh, on television and you get really, really engrossed in it. I mean, you give it your full attention. 
the way we're supposed to do the word. Amen. Anytime you give it your full attention, you tend to take on the spirit of whoever is in that on that screen because it's communicating to you. Amen. Whatever you hear, you your ear will say, I like it, I don't like it, yes or no. But you make a judgment about it one way or the other. And if you embrace it, you wind up taking on, you understand what I'm saying. Like, like for instance, if I watch, uh, you know, somebody, say I watch ice skating or ballet, I'll go around the house gliding around imagining myself. And I always said, okay, Antoine, watch out, here I come, too, <laughs> and leap over and crash on that ice and splatter myself out. But, you know, for a minute, oh, you know. I'm a diva on ice, you know, or whatever. Or you might watch somebody who's a really gifted singer and you go around the house, thank God nobody in there but you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cracking windows and all that kind of stuff, trying to imitate. And so what we hear does have an effect on us. And so I think we we need to honor our ears more. You know, if you want the things of God to be rich in your life, you want to allow the word of God to have preeminence in your heart and in your mind. You know, uh, sometimes you can do some little things to break your focus, you know, on certain things. Like, you know, sometimes if I don't sit and look at the television screen because that's your eyes and your ears. I'll look at something else and I, one day I'll look up, I say, is that what they look like? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, oh, okay, finally, I see what they're doing. And so it's good to break your concentration on certain things and break your focus because there are some things that you don't want to get all engrossed in. And it's amazing some of the things that the, the, uh, uh, lengths that television writers and producers will go through to get your attention uh like the little housewife shows that are so you know uh popular with so many people they they want you to focus on that and you ever notice it starts out pretty mild and then after a while they fighting each other and cussing each other out and you know, throwing each other out the house and all this kind of stuff. And it's so that you can stay engrossed and be more attentive to it. So they have to keep going over the barrier, going over the barrier, because they got sponsors. So, I mean, it's all done to sell product. You know what I'm saying? So they, they think they if they got you hooked, then they can show ratings, how many viewers they have to the sponsors. They can sell more airtime. And so, but in the meantime... The people who are watching it are at a loss. You know, you notice how the morality among people continues to deteriorate. I mean, it doesn't get any better. You'll see young people, you know, uh, cussing, burning, throwing. I mean, just all kinds of ungodly behavior. Well, it didn't just happen overnight. People have been conditioned. To let go of judgment, let go of morality, don't turn it off. You know, you know you ought to turn it off when people start acting 
obnoxious and all that. You don't want to see women degrade themselves by taking each other's husbands and wives and cussing each other out and all that kind of stuff. But but yet it's tolerated. Sometimes what you tolerate and don't don't say no to, you develop a liking for it, an affinity for it. And whenever you have that affinity for the world, it makes the kingdom harder to manifest in your thinking. Because then when you, you get in the word, that word has to compete with all that nonsense, you know. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, I mean, you may not like hearing that. And I'm not some kind of rigid person. But, you know, sometimes you need to push the world out of the way because that's not our home. You understand what I'm saying? That the world does not belong to us. Amen. So anyway, <clears throat> the church here was not was encouraged not to judge one another's faith, as disputing tends to further weaken faith or force an opinion on one another. So if if somebody doesn't want to eat uh, certain things. It's not right for me to tell them, well, you know, challenge them. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. You need to eat that. It's good for you and all that kind of stuff. You just let them go where their faith is leading them. And it says here, who are you to criticize another man's servant? God is able to make that person stand or fall. Amen. But it's it's kind of amusing sometimes when you sit and watch people. That every new diet that comes along, they're on it, or new uh, nutritional trend. You know, you go look at some people's cabinets, and they got all these jars with supplements and pills. And then next year, oh no, I don't take that no more. I take, you know what I'm saying. And so you just kind of look at it and keep mind your own business and keep it moving, because at some point they'll kind of start to bless their food and keep it moving. See, the more restricted you are, I believe, the less you're dependent on God for what you, you know. I mean, God makes it real simple. Just whatever's put before you, be thankful for it and keep it moving. You know, no matter how much money you make and you can prefer or you can afford better, uh, just be thankful. Amen. That's what he wants to cultivate in us, a thankful heart. So God does not want us to go around weakening one another's faith. And pulling one another away from the walk of faith that he has prescribed for us. Because there is a walk that that is prescribed for everybody. And we just don't know where the other guy is from time to time. You got me? I think sometimes there's if, if there's fear underlying some of our decisions, that fear needs to be dealt with. But the minute you tell somebody they think the reason you do that is because you're scared of this, that, or the other, then they go on the defense. See, this is the doubtful disputation where you're beginning to dispute with somebody and challenge them. And even though you may be right, you don't have the grace to to enter into that realm of their thought because it's kind of an invasion of where they are. Now, it's a difference if somebody comes to you for help and they ask you, what do you think the problem is? I keep running into this over and over. That's totally different. Then that person is open to receive truth, counsel, whatever it is that that needs to be 
placed in there. And then they're, they're given an opportunity to pray about it and meditate on, think about it, find it in the word, all that kind of stuff, so that they can make their own decision and put their faith in there. And that's what, that's the result we want. We want people to do what they do by faith. To be able to get their soul converted from thinking like the world to thinking like the kingdom. Amen. Uh, all of those things are, are, are necessary so that we don't as believers get involved in pushing our ideas or getting in conflict with people or uh, uh, having these uh, disputes that go on and on and on and never get resolved. God does not want us to do that with one another, and he doesn't want us to do it with ourselves. And so this is the other thing. The biggest part of this is the way we uh, come to our own decisions about what we believe within ourselves. So just like we can, can have weak faith because maybe we haven't really meditated on this in the word and we haven't really decided uh, how we want to pray or something like that, uh, your faith in something may be weak right now, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay weak. And so if we don't try to kill you because you're weak, you know, we can strengthen one another. And I think that's what God wants us to do because that's what Jesus would do and that's what you do with yourself. When you find yourself being in conflict mentally with God's word versus what you think or what you've always thought, God does not want you to keep turning over this argument in your mind over and over and over again. He wants you to settle it, you know, first recognize that there's conflict there, and then go ahead and settle it and get yourself over in his kingdom power so that you can receive what it is that you want from God. Now, this is something that's very common with everybody. We all have this mental conflict when the word of God enters in to our minds. Amen. It's there because we've always thought a certain way. We were raised a certain way or we went to this kind of church or that kind of church and that's what they taught and, and this kind of stuff. So we always have things that will dispute the word of God. And they're meant to bring doubt to God's word inside of our minds and our hearts so that that word won't produce for us. So just as the church was encouraged not to judge one another's faith, as disputing tends to further weaken faith or force an opinion on one another, everyone must make his own decision about what he believes and what he wants God to do for him. Your faith cannot decide for another person. We can find areas of agreement to receive from God, but your faith cannot make that decision for that person. Isn't it amazing how we can just look at their situation so clearly and see what they need to do, we think. And then then when it comes to us, we're not sure exactly how to resolve these things. God, why does this keep happening? How come this doesn't get any better? Nah, 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 nah. And so God wants us to realize that there is a way to get those doubtful disputations out of our minds and settle and get fully over into the kingdom so that we're not disturbed by that dispute anymore. We're not disturbed by that conflict in faith. We're not disturbed. We're at peace and we understand what we're doing in God. And we know that we know that we know that we're on the right road and the answer is imminent. 
So just just as there is a truth acceptable to us when dealing with one another's faith, we must find an acceptable position within ourselves regarding our own faith. So when we decide that we want something from God, we have to have peace about it. We have to get an acceptable, we have to find an acceptable position in the realm of the spirit where our faith is undisturbed, where our faith is not challenged continually where we we the enemy pries us up out of our position and moves us and gets us to think about things that that would would you know challenge us and make us feel that our faith is not adequate that we're not settled uh that what we're asking for God is not for us other people can get it but we can't have it for different reasons all of that god wants to remove all of that out of our minds so that when he gives us something he wants us to enjoy it he says these things i have promised you that your joy would be full amen so that's really god's aim is to give us the fullness of joy in everything but if your mind's disturbed with all these disputes and reasonings then you won't be able to have joy in what you're doing in god so we're in conflict here we have the natural world that is against us but we live here amen we're in the world but this is not our home so the natural world is a realm of doubt and we but we live in this world as foreigners aliens and strangers in other words god does not want us to get comfortable here it is a vast proving ground where our love and devotion of God for God and to God are tested. So really this earth is is more of a testing ground. You know, you'll see this over and over where God dealt with Israel. He said, I did this to prove them whether they would obey me or not. Amen. So you know, you know you love God, I'm saved, I'm this and that, but you're still gonna be tested. Your faith needs to be proven because God wants you to know how his kingdom operates. Number one, if your faith is never tested, you'll never know what it can do. And you'll never know how the kingdom operates, really. You'll just be sitting there in ignorance wondering, if I do this, what will happen? If I do that, what will happen? Well, God doesn't want us to live like that. He wants us to live in full confidence, amen, and understanding how his kingdom operates. That's why Jesus taught so much on the kingdom, amen. Everything he did was introducing the kingdom so that when uh, the gospel was preached, then people would know what they were accepting. See, the the people that were alive when Jesus walked the earth knew exactly what they were getting. We should be able to present the kingdom, but we do it in kind of a backwards fashion. We do we get them saved first, give them the fire insurance policy, you know, so you don't go to hell. You'll go to heaven and then they're puzzled as to how they're going to live on this earth. And so we begin, but it's okay because God knows how to work with him. He can work with truth. He can work with inverted truth, reverse truth, backwards truth, upside down truth, truth a little bit and truth not so much. You understand me? It's, it's like, you know, people who get born again, say for instance, if somebody who is not spirit filled, 
preaches the gospel to you and gives you their testimony. God will honor it and allow you to say the sinner's prayer and be born again. But then you'll, if you stay with just that understanding, you'll miss out on the believer's ministry. We got floods of denominations of people who are just like that. And they fall away just, we fall away just like they do. So getting the whole gospel or getting tongues doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be powerful, successful, but your chances are better than if you never hear about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then for those people who don't believe the full gospel, then they've got to make up a reason why they don't believe in tongues. And that's when the trouble starts. Because, you know, sometimes I, I used to think and I said, God, why do you why do you honor? He said, I honor my word. Period. He said, you don't know it all either. I said, no, you got that right. <laughs> Excuse me while I boogaloo. I do something else besides preach. You know, I don't have to be no preacher. But you know what I'm saying. Yes, I do. But you know what I'm saying. You you kind of understand then that if they only got a piece of it, at least they're being faithful with that piece. And so God will honor their faith just like I'm trying to be faithful with my piece. And so so I kind of let that alone. But, you know, God knows how to add more to our knowledge. Amen. He knows how to add more, cause people to hunger for more, just like we all did. Many of us didn't get saved, you know, uh, praying in tongues and believing the full gospel. We came at it inch by inch by inch. And so we're, we're just thankful to be in that number. Amen. So the natural realm is a realm of doubt of God's world, word. Whenever you deal with, with putting your confidence in the natural, you've already built in doubt in God's word into the equation. So everything natural that we put confidence in will take away from our confidence in God's word. But God is merciful and he will allow us to keep our confidence there for a season until he's ready to open up something better to us. See, your heart will begin to hunger for more. It's automatically because you have the spirit of God dwelling in you. That's going to drive you and encourage you to want more from God. So he's not threatened by the fact that we only have a portion of, of his gospel or, or a portion of faith or that we hold on to some things from the natural realm. Amen. Some things that we hold on from the natural realm actually are necessary for us to hold on to until we can pick up the more excellent way. And that is the way of having faith in God's word. But God understands and he knows that it will it will be more beneficial to us to allow that word to begin to come in and invade and drive out the world's uh habits thoughts all of that stuff you know from us Uh, sometimes we don't hear enough word to challenge what the world has put into us you know Uh, and and many times sometimes you'll notice some people uh, you know they're they're trying to hold on to what the world has for them and and you know if, if you preach or you get in a certain vein and preaching and sometimes they want to get up and move around you, you know, well, as a preacher, I, I pay attention to things like that because you 
<laughs> you just do. But when when it starts to move people and they've got somewhat of a, a liking or a stronghold or a desire to hold on to that or sometimes they don't know why they're not that doesn't sound nice to them, that kind of stuff, then people start to want to push the word away and move away from it and push it out so that they don't have to be challenged. Huh? Because every challenge makes us nervous. You get insecure. When you you know you're secure as long as you hear something that that sounds familiar to you. Everybody wants to be right. We all want to be you know uh, acceptable we don't we don't need trouble in our i don't need to hear that today and have to rethink what i've been thinking all this time and all that kind of stuff and somebody i used to talk to uh i still relate to them but i would talk to them and and you know they claim to be a christian and so they would say, yeah, and I did this and I did that. And I say, yeah, that's fine. I said, but you know, the Bible says so-and-so. How is it I can feel like I'm doing real good until I talk to you? I said, because you're not doing as good as you think you. I said, you need to be doing good according to God's standards, not your own. I said, and I'm not in your life for us to play games for you to look at me as somebody who's going to judge you right or wrong. I said, God is your judge. I said, but I'm telling you, there's more to God than you know. And he's trying to introduce you to the fullness of him. You're a Christian. You should be open to hear more. I am, I am, I am. You know, they were going to yoga class or something stupid like that. I'm thinking, you really think I'm going to sit up here and agree with you? You should be in a yoga class? You need to be in a Bible study. Huh? Don't run that weak stuff by me. But anyway, <laughs> but I gave the brother the word, but, um, you know, you're not going to make people feel comfortable because then I got to answer to God for my words. You see what I'm saying? And so there are all kinds of situations like that that we run into on a daily basis where the world has one standard. God's kingdom has another standard, and these two will conflict all the time. And we have to make sure we get on the winning side of that argument. We can't stay in that doubtful disputing forever. We can't stay in that realm of God's over here and I'm over here. The Bible tells us not to be conformed to the world. You know, you're in the world. You're not of the world. You haven't really conformed because you're redeemed out of it. But there's a, a a chance that you can let conformity set in because you don't fight it with the word of God and take that stand the way you're supposed to. You see what I'm saying? So these doubtful disputings will keep coming up and keep coming up in your mind until you make up your mind you're going to go 100% God's way or not at all. You know, we have to draw the line somewhere and that 100% in God and see it pays off. It'll pay great dividends for you because you may say, for instance, you may lose friends because of your stand on God's word. Or, you know, family members may keep a distance from you. You'll notice they all get together and they congregate and do all these things and and you're not included. 
or when you go, it's it's a short period of time, or people get quiet when you come around. All that kind of stuff happens to us. Amen. But but you're not going to conform to their way of thinking for acceptability. Because, see, there's something in in God that he's positioned you there for a reason for his glory. Not for your acceptance, not for their acceptance of you, but for his glory. And see, you'll find out that in their time of need, they have to have somebody that they can come to. It it never fails. And so... What God has you there for, you have no clue. But you know this much, that you've got to stick with God and you've got to stand for God. If you start compromising for any reason, if you start valuing the the uh, praise of men more than the peace with God, there's going to be a penalty somewhere for it. So you have to get used to being you know having god as your first and only companion sometimes amen and and learn how to tough it out with him god if it's just me and you that's the way it's gonna be amen but i know that i'm you're doing something in me you're building something in me for your glory and for your purpose and i don't know what that is but i've got to be faithful to what i know is right and what i know is your will and so in in our our mental uh you know gymnastics that we do and doubting the word and wanting the word to benefit us and wanting this and wanting that we have to realize that we're in this for his glory we're not in it for us amen uh that old life is passed away amen when you're in christ you're a new creature your family doesn't know who you are not really because you don't know who you are you understand what i'm saying you you trying to get to know yourself and so but we have to live this life by faith and, and understand that god is is building something in us he's transforming us he's getting us in position to do something that's that's going to glorify him is going to change some things in our lives lots of things will change for us but as long as we hold on to god and let him settle these disputes that we have within our hearts and our minds then we'll come out on top so the natural world is the realm of doubt whenever you study and look at things in the natural that is the place where doubt is created we all have to live in this world but we live as foreigners this is not your home it is a vast proving ground where our love and devotion to god are tested we will abide will we abide in the kingdom or will we dispute and doubt god's word and will the natural realm win over focusing on the world of flesh and the devil will tempt us to dispute the validity of god's word now what do i mean by that there are different levels to faith amen god you know jesus when he would deal with people he would talk about he would judge their faith as great faith small faith little faith why did you doubt where is your faith he was one who located people and and he did it as a teacher 
and a rabbi to teach them how to be successful in in the kingdom life. And so whenever he would would come to somebody who was exercising great faith, it's good to pay attention to what how he got to that conclusion. What made him judge their faith as great? Or if they had little faith, what made him judge it as little faith? Or if they had, or if he asked them, where is your faith? Why did he say that? What were they doing to cause him? Why should we pay attention to that? So we'll know when we fall into that category, it's not acceptable. Amen. And that we need to do something between us and God to get us in the place where that faith will, will do what we want it to do when we want it to do it. Because many times we're disgruntled and disappointed and not satisfied with with the way our life is going in God. Everybody's got a prayer they're waiting to have answered. Everybody's got something they desire from God. Everybody's got prayers out there. Everybody's got plans. But we have to make sure that we're keeping up with those things. They're on schedule. We haven't put something on the shelf because we don't know what to do with it. You know how that goes. I don't have a shelf anymore. I got baskets. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you get what the current thing is, but you know, that's stuff you don't know what to do with, and you park it somewhere. Well, that's where a lot of our prayer requests and our desires are. They park somewhere. Oh, don't make me go to the wire across the street. <laughs> Y'all know y'all that everybody like you better exhale and say amen. Huh? Cause we do. You done worked on them, worked on them, worked on them, worked on them, worked on them. Confess, confess, confess. Worship, 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 believe, believe, believe. And you got some doubt in there somewhere. You kind of wondering. Some part of you that's got good good spiritual sense is wondering what the problem is, but you don't want to really ask God because you're scared of the answer. And see, that's when we know, see, when you're scared of the answer, you've already located your problem. See, you've got a wrong idea who God is. He's your helper. He's the one who is there to guide you and lead you into all. It doesn't sound too convincing to me. Come on, y'all. <laughs> I heard some Spanish, some French, some some in my collar stuff. <laughs> I wish he'd move on. Uh, You know what I'm saying? It's like if God is going to lead you, that means you don't have to do anything but follow. Can I get an amen? Huh? So he's not going to tell you, Chuck, you bad girl, you did that again. Well, I'm not going to give you nothing this time. I'll fix you. But see, sometimes we act like that's what we're expecting. You see what I'm saying? We don't really go to him in full assurance of faith that he will help us, help our unbelief, 
help our our getting to where he he's wanting us to have it more than we want it and see we have to understand that at all times because at any moment we can start putting those walls up where we don't want to hear direction because then they might obligate us to do something God forbid we have have to do something. They're going to get us what we want. You understand what I'm saying? We get all confused in the world's mentality. See, looking at God as somebody who's not on our side. Why is it when it takes a while for something to happen, all of a sudden he's not our friend? Gabby, let's go and sit across the street and bring them sticks with you. I'm messing with you, sweetie. You're a sweetheart. Baba loves you. I'm going to let you sit down and we won't have to. I won't get you involved in my mayhem, madness, shenanigans, skullduggery, and treachery. Huh? But all of a sudden, see, when you get that worldly mindset... Remember when you were in the world and God was your enemy and you didn't know what he wanted with you when people told you about Christ? And then all of a sudden your mind got converted and you really started to listen and you saw God as your friend? Well, see, too much is steeped in the world will get us right back there again where we're afraid to ask God. We want to ask him. We want what we want from him. Let me put it that way. But then we don't want to ask him if we think there's a holdup somewhere. We don't really want to ask him what the holdup is because we don't want to hear the answer. And we don't want to hear the answer because we picked up a worldly mindset. Where all of a sudden we've been serving God, going to church, doing this, doing And all of a sudden we're the enemy of God because we've decided that something isn't happening for us fast enough. Well, you know who inside of you thinks like that? Your little carnal man. So he's driving the bus again. And you're just a little passenger going on and you don't even realize how he just slicked his way over into your driver's seat. And made you convince you that God is working against you. He's your enemy. He doesn't want you to have this. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. What sense does that make? You need to start wanting your stuff on time. Or find out what on time is. Then you'll find out there is no time. It could happen anytime. You know how we find that out? There'll be something that God will do for us out of nowhere it comes. And we think, (gasps) and then you puzzle your little brain. Nah, this happened. This little desperado answered a prayer and sneaked up on me. I'm going to shoot it the next day. You know, a quick answer gets to be our enemy after a while. Because we're so accustomed to the God is slow thing. Huh? No, we just don't live close enough to him 
I'm I'm the same way, folks. I ain't indict nobody but myself. <laughs> we don't live close enough to him to know the schedule. You understand what I'm saying? Because we don't want to know the schedule. Because if we knew the schedule, we might have to be somewhere on time. It's fun to, is that the way, wow, whatever, (laughs) but you know, but see, when we start in this walk with him, it's easy to veer off the road, huh, just like, uh, you know, being in Oz, Every time little Dorothy was thought of with her little red shoes, we're off to see the weather, the wonderful weather. And then some goofy character stops her, you know, on the road, and then she didn't go off the road and went off and solving their problems. Well, that's the way we live. Huh? Oh, we're off, you know. We're always... Get your prayer partner. We go pray, pray in agreement. We're off to see the huh? And <laughs> something derails you, and you done found somebody else getting in meddling with they stuff, huh? And so we're always derailed by the scenery. That's the world. The world that we live in constantly derails us, and we start to live in their scenery. And that's where doubt creeps in. Because when you lose your connection, when you drop God's hand and pick up the hand of what's interesting, huh? your faith gets delayed. It'll get diluted. It'll get turned around. It'll get distracted. So we, we have to focus on God's word even when we're say enjoying the natural realm or or living in the natural realm you can't get caught up in what the the natural world is doing and trust me there's part of us that still likes the world amen still like certain things that are connected to the world that's why god keeps us in a comfortable distance or safe distance away from certain temptations because they would overtake us if it weren't for the restraining of his hand. So, thank you, Jesus. So the mental arguments that come, man, cause us or force us to make a decision to whether we will use kingdom authority and kingdom mastery consistently in our lives, even though you may believe that using kingdom mastery will cause you to be delayed in receiving what it is that you want. So that's always the concern for believers. If we go God's way, what's that going to cost me? Amen. It's going to cost me the time that it takes to convince God that my faith is where it's supposed to be and, you know, all that stuff. But if we really live in, in the realm with God, We'll start to take on a contentment that pushes us past the worldly. See, the world can only ensnare you if you agree with its, if you're in that spirit, if you're in the realm of that worldly spirit. So the world always is engulfed in fear. 
The world always is engulfed in impatience. The world's always engulfed in the desire to have things beyond or or before you really they really are due you. And so once you start to look at the world as a standard or you start to judge God's kingdom by the world's standards, I'll put it that way, you're always going to be kind of like, oh, boy. You know, I got to start praying and I got to start doing this and doing that. And, 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 and you'll discourage yourself if you don't start to evaluate things according to position yourself in the kingdom first and then evaluate the things of the kingdom. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. If you're still with a foot in the world and you're trying to evaluate the kingdom, you're on the enemy's territory and you're getting most of your information about God's kingdom from him. So you have to position yourself in the kingdom first so that you evaluate like by like. So you you are just like God in this situation. You see things like God. You understand things like God. And so you're not discouraged by time effort when it's coming when it's not coming you're that's not a concern of yours if you're in the kingdom evaluating the kingdom but if you're in the world evaluating the kingdom the kingdom's always going to look too tough it's going to look mean it's going to look too hard it's going to look like it's going to take forever it's going to look like it's unfair to you and so we have to learn how to position ourselves it's more about your positioning I think that it is about anything else. Because once you're in the spirit of God, it's all good. You look at things the way God looks at them. You perceive them the same way. You evaluate them the same way. You begin to understand that time is not an issue. The less you can make that an issue, the better off you'll be. You know, maybe that's sometimes where what we need to get settled. You know, God, time is a gift. You've given me time as a gift to me. Help me to see it as a gift. Help me to see it the way you see it and not as my enemy. Like it's slipping away and I still don't have so and so and so. Oh. You just have to look at everything totally different. Or we won't be contented people. We won't be people who have the fullness of joy. See, I think this is how, you know, will you ever, I mean, really think about some of the people we pray for in these persecuted nations. The ones that, you know, might get arrested if they share their faith. The ones that might get, and and they'll say things like, oh, I have so much joy. I, I was able to witness to a uh, one of the, my prison guards after he beat me. I remember that guy that mother prayed for him that he wouldn't get out. And took <laughs> oh, mom, she a toughie. Oh, glad she ain't mom. I thought my mama was rough, but that girl rough. But he was being he was in prison, being beaten every day, and her, his mother prayed a prayer and said, "God, don't let him out of there until your purpose in his life is fulfilled." And he stayed in there. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Now, that's got to be a God prayer. 
you know, because even good mothers, I mean, not so good. That's my baby. You understand what I'm saying? Get my baby out. All that kind of stuff. And, and that's, she probably had some of those kind of moments, but got in the kingdom. See, when you get in the kingdom, you see things the way God sees them. See them totally different. That man's so highly valuable to God now. He was highly valuable to him then. But even more so now that he's had the love of God worked into him for his enemies. Some of us can't even love our friends too cool. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's a thought. And then to love and pray for enemies. Come on now. That'll cause you. That'll cost you some. I mean, it it really will. There, <clears throat> it was that case of that uh, <clears throat> that he's um, uh, a young woman. She was a, off, a policeman, got off duty, and she had worked a double shift or something. Mistakenly got off the elevator on the wrong floor, went into what she thought was her apartment, saw somebody in there, pulled out her service revolver, and shot the man dead. Well. The family, everybody in the family hated her except that one one guy. And he forgave her, hugged her in court, prayed for her. His family hates him for that. Hates him for forgiving this person. So listen, forgiveness is, forgiving your enemies and loving your enemies is not going to win you a lot of friends anywhere. You understand what I'm saying? That's a kingdom thing that will put you in opposition to the world's values. But we got to learn how to go that way. If we want to be successful in God, we got to learn how to go that way. Because really that may be the thing that will get us over into that realm of perfect peace with God where time doesn't mean anything anymore. And there's no more doubting. There's no disputing God's word with the doubts in our heads. We are total peace about it. And we give God the reins on everything. You know, we're not responsible to make it happen. You know, sometimes you can feel like, well, if I really had faith, it would have been here by now. Or if your faith was really what it's supposed to be, why is it taking so long? Something got to be wrong with your faith. Well, there's nothing wrong with your faith as long as it's in God. Because he, he makes it right. See, if you've got faith in God's word, that's the rightness of your faith, the faith, the fact that it's in God. You still believe in God for what, what you, what you claim you're waiting on? You still trust in Him to bring it to you? Then your faith is fine. There's nothing wrong with your, your faith. The only thing is that you've moved over into judging God's kingdom instead of being a resident in it. See, when you're a resident in God's kingdom, you don't judge. Amen? You you learn how the kingdom operates. You cooperate with the kingdom. You worship God and you love God. You don't judge what feeds you. Amen. You don't judge what sustains you. You don't judge your home. I mean, not not a normal person. Now I know some people out there. You know what I'm saying. I don't like this old house of that. Well, you you ain't in the cold, huh? And you could be. Huh? And so there's a place where we all have to embrace what supports us. 
whether you understand it or not whether you like the way it's running now or not or whether you like what's going on you got to embrace what supports you and what sustains you amen and and let it work from there because rejecting it condemning it criticizing it being unhappy it is never going to avail you anything when it comes to god's kingdom so the enemy wants to always tempt us to dispute the validity of god's word in our lives when you're unhappy and disgruntled about your your spiritual life that's where it's from it's from the world encroaching in on god's kingdom second corinthians 10 5 this is what god expects us to do this is your remedy these doubtful disputings are the things that god needs us to get beyond so we're not tempted anymore to go the way of the world second corinthians 10 5 he says and for it says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god so when you have a complaint about time or or how much whether god's going to do if you had doubt whether god wants you to have certain things or it's been so long i don't want it anymore and you know that kind of stuff when you have that working against you the bible gives you a remedy for that and it is not to keep mulling it over in your mind it's not to let that thing start to set up residence in the doubt you know that you should take your doubt closet and clean it out amen where anything that rises up that causes you to doubt god's word or dispute the validity of god's word dispute if he wants you to have it or not dispute if you could ever have anything dispute 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 that needs to be cast down and what the what the Bible says when it says cast it down, it means to put it under your feet and leave it there. And not go picking peeking under your shoe and picking it out again and see if it's still talking to you. Hmm? These things will pop up again. They will come up again to challenge you. But in winning the mental argument, we are to use kingdom authority to cast it down with the truth of God's word. Because it has come to rob you by opposing the validity that comes from God and the validity of God's word. Everybody that walked by faith and received their answer from God had to do this. Amen you see the the patriarch abraham did it jacob did it david did it everybody that they, they had something of the world clinging to them that they had to walk away from cast down and not look back and not let it bother them anymore in order to get where god was wanting them to go amen so abraham why don't we look at what he did i wanted to get to him at least You have to begin with with what knowledge do you have of God? What do you personally know about God? Not what you want to know. 
what not what you you think would be good for you to understand and good for you to believe like you know sometimes you'll hear uh, some people preach and, and you hear their testimony you say wow i wish i could and we all do that you know i wish i could do that with god I, you know wow that's a a wonderful thing but but they're doing it because they started where they were and so we all have to start where we are and 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 then move up from god because god will get us to where he wants us to be and i think you know that's really not a cop-out statement that is a statement of truth because you know you hear these songs we oh we love them you know change me oh god why how come you ain't okay you know i mean who are you to evaluate who you are you see and so to me that's like a spirit of condemnation coming over you and telling you to turn it over to god to make you what you think you're supposed to be instead of relaxing consider that it's finished it's done you are who god wants you to be just the way you are amen you don't need any fixing he's fixing you already on the inside amen so you have to believe that you're accepted in the beloved of god he wants to hug you just like he wants to hug everybody else that you think is more important in the kingdom than you are he wants to he wants to bestow his love upon you just like he does on anybody else amen he's no respecter of persons so if you're blood bought and blood washed you're you clean amen you're right in there you're eligible for whatever it is that you need from god and so abraham did this now abraham came before the law of moses so he was totally a faith man who believed what god told him as god told it to him and once he believed god the bible says it was added into his righteousness account amen you have to be sure that when you when you begin to serve god you start adding to your righteousness account and don't be afraid to ask god how to do that amen the the bible talks about one of the fruit of the spirit is righteousness and that you can increase the fruits of your righteousness amen so you can do more things in god and under god's power if you seek him to be able to do more things amen it's like I, there's i never let anybody leave my house without offering a, a drink of water it's a it's a scripture thing you know so it's like uh you know if you give a cup of cold water to some of you will not lose your reward so i'm looking for a reward from god so everybody that comes to my house you know some people oh no i'm good i'm good i'm good you know they don't want to and then some people say well yeah now that you mentioned it i could use everybody could use a drink of water you understand what i'm saying and so it but see those things get built in because you look at a scripture and you think to yourself and see this is the way i look at things i say well that's pretty cheap that ain't gonna cost me nothing i got a refrigerator out there i can put it in you understand what i'm saying so so start doing consistently the things that are easy to do don't go and try to take over the world day one because you won't even give out the cup of cold water you'll look at that as a i can i can't do that i can do more than that you know no you can't you do what's at hand to do it says don't don't 
Don't be forgetful to entertain strangers. That's entertaining a stranger. They ain't coming in my house, but they can get to the garage door. Huh? They get in the door. It's a whole nother story. You're going to have some explaining to do. You get the wrong person up in there. And you can get the wrong person and give the right person and give them the wrong idea. Going too far. Just a thought. I just thought I'd throw that in. Huh? But do the simple things. But do them consistently. And then increase the fruits of your righteousness. So at least I know I pleased God in that thing that I did. And then you seek to please him in other things, in more things. Amen? And it it grows from there. So God wants us to live in the realm of full faith, casting down imaginations, all the things that are, are higher than want to be higher than God's word. And there are many of them. Anytime you feel disappointed, there's a chance that the word would be robbed from you by your reaction to the way things are not going well in your life. So the enemy likes to create drama for us. huh? I mean, you can be having a, a pretty peaceful, pleasant day. And then all of a sudden he'll remind you of something. Oh, well, you know, you, you got, you got a big get on the stick girl with that confession of yours. Huh? You ain't confessed a word in a while and you're going to be sitting up here waiting. And when you think of sometimes you think about, well, I just thank God for that this morning when I first got up. But see, we're so trained to accepting condemnation. We're trained to accept because we criticize ourselves too much. How many of us ever get through the day and say, you know what? I did pretty good today. We don't do that. But we should love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. If you can encourage your neighbor, you can encourage yourself. And cut the devil off before he gets a chance to start dogging your trail. Because he's looking for a chance to discourage all of us. And then one day you sit up, you on the scrap heap, you don't like nobody, you don't like yourself, you, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, he slow walked you there. Huh? He did. He put out a little morsel here and you ate it. And he gave you another little morsel here, you ate that one. Gave you another little morsel, you ate that one. So he slow walked you. Amen? We want to make Miss Gabby a bed. Sweetie, you you want to take a little nappy poo? You can. Get Nana to put you some chairs together like you used to. Huh? Can we put her a few chairs together? <laughs> Gab, go see Nana. She about delirious now. I know, baby, you've been up for a while, huh? Yeah, you can take you a little nap. We used to put chairs back to back for you. I ain't too big for that. In fact, if I could, I'd get me. Well, I'm not going to go there, but anyhow. So Abraham followed God by faith. Why don't we turn to Genesis chapter 12 and pick him up.
I can tell you right now that God knows your battle. The Bible says we have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. He was tempted in all points like we are, yet he was without sin. Amen. So so Jesus, and see, that's the reason for him really coming in the flesh. So he could know for certainty what it's like to live for God in a flesh body being poked and tempted and prodded by the devil 24-7. But yet he was without sin he could overcome. And see, if we let him lead us, we can do the same thing. Now, does, what does that mean? Well, you know, that means I can never see. Don't let your mind go there. The first thing we want to do is try to find a loophole and exception. You don't need it. You have the blood. Amen. You can confess your sins. Amen. And then get cleansed from all unrighteousness. So that's the route we go. We don't have to go the perfect, I never do anything wrong route. Even though we try it, I think the more effort you put into it, the bigger failure it's going to wind up being for you. You know, God will make sure that don't work. So in Genesis chapter 12, he starts out with Abraham. God promises basically two things to Abraham. He tells him, if you follow me, I'm going to do this for you. And see, this is where the battle is either good, bad, won, or lost in the following. Because the enemy does not want us to follow God. If we follow him, he wants us to be disgruntled and and angry and upset and beating ourselves up and dissatisfied. He wants us not to enjoy the journey. But if you will follow the Lord, I mean fully follow him, amen. You know, it's it's like when when your children were learning, you know, how your kids get big enough to walk. And and with parents, a lot of times they can never walk fast enough for us, you know, (laughs) keeping up with them. Come on here. Yeah, come on here. Come on. And and as long as they're making the effort to keep up, you ain't going to leave them behind. You understand? You threaten to, but you're not going to leave them behind. And see, that's the way God thinks about us. As much as we falter, you know, follow the yellow brick road and then you go somewhere and start looking at something else. He's right back there where you left him. When you come to your senses and you go back to find him and grab his hand again, he's right there where you walked off from him. He never leaves us. We walk off from him. And so Abraham was promised several things. It says, now the Lord, verse uh one. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get you up out of your country from your kindred, from your father's house into a land that I will show you. Now that is faith. That is required of all of us. Faith means you don't have a backup plan. Because really when we get saved, our only backup plan is back in the world and we're scared to go there. And many times we can't find help there anyway. That's why we left. And so when you think about it, God's doing us a favor by requiring faith. But then once we get in the kingdom, we don't like faith anymore. 
well, how come I got to do it this way and I can't? Huh? Lean on your own understanding. Take plan B instead of A because A always looks too hard. God wants us, he wants to be the only one we depend on, but for real though. You ever step out and and do something God tells you to do, but in the back of your mind you guess. That thing will become your comfort if you're not careful. See, the road ahead of you should be your comfort at all times. Why? Because God's there. You may not be able to see him. You may not be able to feel him the way you want to. You may feel like you're out on a limb and the devil saw on the other end that's connected to the tree off out from behind you. But you got to learn to trust God. Amen. It's a must. So God tells Abraham, leave all your comfort, leave all your kinfolk, leave all of your your last inheritance, leave what you had. You know, some of these Christians that are, are preaching money things now don't believe God would have you walk away from all your money and property and stuff. But he did it before. He told Peter and them, he said, come on and follow me. He didn't say, I'm going to let you fish. I'm going to give you a miracle catch. He didn't say anything like that. So we have to all have to follow God by faith, at least to a certain degree. huh? And see, we want to. Bring everybody with us as our comfort. But where you're going, they ain't going to fit in. And they may not want it. And God may not want them where he wants you. Huh? Oh, I was going to sing my debarge, El debarge. All this love is waiting for you. That's what's waiting for you. Huh? And you were singing that to your honey. He said, Ooh, oh, I love that song. You're supposed to. That's God talking to you. When you get in the kingdom, all that love is waiting for you. Huh? Everything you need is waiting for you in the kingdom. Just because you want other things, that don't mean you turn your back on God or his grace is not sufficient. His love isn't everything to you anymore. It's supposed to be added to. What your boo going to bring to you? Huh? And boo looking for some himself. Huh? All y'all bankrupt up in there. So everybody needs God. Maybe God's sending you ahead so boo will know which way to go. And he's ready to make up his mind and serve God. That's usually the way it works. Huh? But God wants us, folks. He wants you to trust him. Period. Saw the limb off in advance so you won't be looking for anything comfortable to cling to because you only need God. You got me? You only need him. And he will help you to draw the right people around you at the right time. But I'm telling you, it's nothing like you ever think it's going to be. Amen. Because that's how the kingdom is. It's revealed to you as you walk by faith. Amen. Why don't we stop? Sorry it took me so long. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you, Lord, for uh, what you are planting in us, what you're helping us to understand, what you're doing with us. Father, we don't want to live in the world of doubtful disputings, arguing with ourselves as to whether or not we're we're right with you our faith is right or anything we want to have peace within ourselves father let there be peace
peace in this temple where you dwell with us by faith. So we thank you, Lord, for blessing us to know that we know that we know that we know that we know that we're okay with you. We're accepted in the beloved. We're blood-bought. There's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing lacking in us. That we are, are meet to be partakers of your kingdom. You've already given us everything that pertains to life and to godliness in the person of your son and more besides father so we honor you we bless you we praise you and we love you in the name of jesus so let's do our affirmation i don't have rona and she don't have me i can't get rona and she can't get me and i thank you father that by the stripes of your son jesus I am healed. So be it. Amen. So be it. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Praise God.